Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas. Today, it's just going to be me, Karen. We are going to be discussing part two of episode 66 and all of episode 67 of the story of Minglan or This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us via email at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com or else reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter. Also, please do leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us to. As we normally do for our podcast episodes, today I am going to do a drama episode recap and then talk about culture and history, reference in the drama, and finally end with some book differences. In the last podcast episode, we talked about how things calmed down for Minglan as Minglan's brother, Changbai and her husband, Gu Tingye, raced back to the capital to help her seek justice against Aunt Kang, who tried to poison her beloved grandmother. Luckily, Grandma Sheng is now awake and recovering, while Minglan's brother, Changbai, oversaw Aunt Kang's punishment. Changbai and Gu Tingye, who had effectively abandoned their posts in order to come back to help Minglan, hurriedly left the capital after matters were settled. Unfortunately, everything that's happening piques Mulan's interest, so Minglan's fourth sister. She's been left in the dark on the drama that's been happening with Grandma Sheng by the entire family, but upon returning to the Sheng household, she discovers that Aunt Kang is being detained there. Recognizing the opportunity to further hurt Ming Lan, Lan and company set a fire to the kitchens, which allows Aunt Kang to escape. We start our podcast discussion with the second half of episode 66. Sheng Hong is inspecting his burned kitchens when Uncle Wang shows up to ask what happened and also about Aunt Kang's whereabouts. Uncle Wang is Aunt Kang and Madame Wang's brother. Sheng Hong is rather annoyed that Uncle Wang would show up because he thinks Uncle Wang is the one to set fire to his household in order to help Aunt Kang escape, but they find out that neither of them knows where she is. Each basically has a big question mark over their heads as to where she's gone. It turns out, after getting some help from Mualan, she escaped to the Gu Manor to conspire with Madame Qin, Minglan's stepmother-in-law. Madame Qin received news that Gu Tingye has suffered another assassination attempt while out on duty for the emperor. This is valuable information for her to leverage in the future. And shortly after receiving this message, which Madame Qin burns, Aunt Kang shows up. Interestingly, Madame Qin doesn't call her Madame Kang anymore, but instead calls her Madame Wang or said Wang Danyangzi. It was a little jarring for me because I think it was the first time that uh, this Aunt Kang has been referenced that way. Um, so at first I thought maybe there was a reason, but I think it was just more to say, oh, you're by yourself now. 
I'm still going to call this woman Aunt Kong so it's easier for us to follow. The news that Gu Tingye and company were attacked also reaches the palace. Whispers reached Minglan as well, who, in her worried state, meets her brother Chang Bai, who has now returned from his salt tax excursion to ask about Gu Tingye's whereabouts. It is suspected that he is not with Chang Bai, which increases Minglan's level of worry. Chang Bai, though, reassures her that nothing is wrong. Hu Tingye is simply taking a longer route home due to his military-related duties. Minglan, who is now heavily pregnant, is skeptical that everything is as her brother says because she keeps on having nightmares that something happened to Gu Tingye, but Chang Bai urges her to return home to relax. While at home, though, she overhears a couple of maids muttering under their breath that their master, a.k.a. Gu Tingye, may have died while protecting Prince Huan while they were on assignment. Their muttering was loud enough for Minglan to hear. What I think is important is that by now, she is clearly much more attached and emotionally invested in Gu Tingye, given all that he's done for her, such that she freaks out over hearing he might be dead. In an effort to hear more, she trips while rushing over to the maids. This impact, plus the emotional despair, causes Minglan to go into early labor. News of Minglan's current predicament travels quickly over to Madame Tin, who is overjoyed with glee, but not because there's going to be a new birth. This is her opportunity to finally eliminate Minglan once and for all. It's clear she was the one to spread rumors about Gu Tingye's death, hoping it would cause Minglan to miscarry. Clearly, it's working right now. Madame Tin has two further steps to help ensure Minglan is killed. One, she lights a fire. Taking a leaf out of Molan's book, she has her servants start a blaze in Minglan's Cheng Gardens or Cheng Yuan. I believe it was signaled by the lanterns that Madame Tin lights in the sky with uh, the guise of saying that with these lanterns, I am actually praying for good luck for Minglan, which probably actually was instead used to uh, trigger sparks and to start the fire. The second part of the plan is, of course, instigating Aunt Kang into action. Aunt Kang overhears that Minglan has birthed a healthy child, which at this point is not true. So uh, this is fully an act by Madame Tin and her maid. Madame Tin puts on the act that she is very pleased Minglan and child are going to be alive or are alive because it'll mean peace and prosperity for the Gu family. Aunt Kang cannot accept this and angrily storms out thinking she must kill Minglan or else she herself is doomed. She thinks that Madame Tin is just too weak, so she, Aunt Kong, is going to do the dirty work. Little does she know, this is exactly what Madame Tin wants. Madame Tin doesn't want to be the one to bloody her own hands, so she has allowed Aunt Kong to do her dirty work. Episode 66 ends with Minglan in the throes of labor while a roaring fire has started in the Cheng Gardens. The Chung Gardens are a mess as a group of servants try to quell the flames while another tries to help Minglan give birth. 
In episode 67, and the flames that are plaguing the Chung Gardens can be seen for miles around. And I think it's kind of a random kind of scene to include Chi Hung, which we haven't seen, whom we haven't seen in a long time, uh, is brought back into action. He is currently brewing tea with his wife, but when he turns and sees the flames out in the distance, he immediately jumps up. He recognizes that the flames are coming from the direction of the Chung Garden and orders his servants to gather up so they can help put the fire out. His wife, Madame Shen, tries to stop him from going, but he just ignores her. In the main yard, Chi Hong is stopped by his parents, who also urge him not to go. They all believe it's not his business. And this is the one instance in the entire drama where Chi Hong finally grows up. He knows that Gu Tingye has not returned and may never return potentially. He also knows that Minglan is pregnant and therefore is home by herself in the midst of a potentially raging fire with no one to help her. In front of his parents, he pushes back against their words, stating that in all of those instances where he should have stood up for himself and for her, he never did. Now, when he has an opportunity to save her, why should he not go? Woo, Chi Hong, this is the one time you finally grew a backbone. His parents and wife are still all thinking about how this would look if the world saw that Chi Hong, who is already married, went off to rescue Ming Lan, who is also already married. They are thinking about the gossip that would ensue should people find out. They do not think about mainland safety at all. Without a doubt, this is the hottest Chi Hung is in the entire drama. He is finally doing what he knows is right and not thinking about the consequences to his reputation whatsoever. And with that, he rushes off to the Chung Gardens with his servants and a couple of buckets in tow to, I guess, try to help put the fire down. Back at the Chung Gardens, a mess of servants are still trying to put the flames out. In the chaos, though, Aunt Kong snuck onto the property. My question is, how is she able to sneak everywhere? In the last two episodes, all she's done is sneak around and nobody has been able to catch her, really, which... Good for her. By now, after intense pain, Minglan has finally birthed a healthy son. He is placed in blankets and onto the nearby bed, but Minglan doesn't even have an opportunity to take a breath before Aunt Kong bursts into the room with a knife, screaming to kill Minglan. Many maids try to stop Aunt Kong, but given that Aunt Kong is brandishing a knife, they are all pushed back. I never noticed this before, but both Xiao Tao and Tui Wei, Minglan's maids, are injured as they are clutching bloodied arms in the background afterwards. As there are no obstacles now, Aunt Kong has the craziest look in her eyes as she turns to Minglan, who is absolutely exhausted and is now hunched over her son in a last-ditch effort to protect him. Mainland has no weapons or energy to fight back, so all she can do is to protect her son with her own body. Aunt Kong raises the knife 
in her hands above her head, ready to land the final blow onto Ming Lan. We see a sword protruding from a body, but instead of Ming Lan's body, it's Aunt Kang who is killed. Gu Tingye has returned in the nick of time to protect his wife and newborn child. Gu Tingye pulls out the sword he used to stab Aunt Kang, who is then left to bleed out on the floor with her eyes wide open. Minglan turns around, still waiting for death, but instead sees her husband. In my mind, it is at this moment she realizes just how much she loves him. She cries into his arms that when she thought he was dead, her heart was shattered. This is also some of the uh, best acting we've seen by Zhao Liying in the entire drama. Her tears of despair and pain as she's giving birth, but then also the relief and shock when she sees Gu Tingye alive in front of her is extremely touching. You are brought into her world and are also ecstatic and relieved to see that he is alive. Outside, Qi Heng has also rushed over to see how Minglan is doing. Upon seeing Gu Tingye with Minglan, though, he walks away quietly. The flames have been put out and Minglan and Gu Tingye's son is healthy. In a throwaway line, which I think is really heartwarming, is that Gu Tingye tells Minglan, Qian Jie, so his older brother's daughter, helped rescue Rong Jie, his daughter, from the fire once it started. I find it heartwarming that these cousins actually take care of each other and have a good relationship, when the easy trope would have been for Rong Jie to die in the flames because someone didn't help them or Qian Jie, like, actually, you know, made it worse. It also speaks to the fact that Minglan's kind treatment of Xianjie paid off. Recall that Minglan would teach Xianjie quite a bit of uh, skills to become a madam of the house. While Minglan's side has calmed down, the drama only continues. Flames at the Cheng Garden have subsided, but another fire broke out in the Gu Manor. This time, Gu Tingwei, so Gu Tingye's younger brother's rooms, have been destroyed. His mother, Madame Tin, rushes over to see if he's okay, and he just blows up at her. Gu Tingwei's wife reveals to Madame Tin that the flames were lit by Shi Tou, Gu Tingye's head servant. Madame Tin is furious, but is rebuffed by both Gu Tingwei and his wife. They both know that the fire was set by Gu Tingye because Madame Tin must have done something against Gu Tingye and therefore Gu Tingwei is the collateral damage in their feud. Madame Tin cannot comprehend why Gu Tingwei doesn't understand her, but he is just so fed up with her that he states he's going to move out. He can no longer stand his mother. And the telling off by Gu Tingwei's wife was very accurate. Gu Tingwei wants to have a good family. He doesn't care about the title of being Marquis, but his mom is trying to do everything she can to get it for him, causing all of this damage uh, and drama, which he does not want. He meaning Gu Tingwei. Elsewhere, word of Gu Tingye's return has traveled fast within the capital, and the person outside of Mingline most anxious to see him is the emperor. The emperor sent his eunuchs to request Gu Tingye's presence in the palace, but Shi Tou rebuffs the request on behalf of Gu Tingye. 
Shu Tao simply says that Gu Tingye's wife just gave birth and therefore they must stay at home uh, to spend time with, with her. When the emperor hears this, he is furious. How can he be second to Gu Tingye's wife and child? He, the emperor, is waiting to hear from Gu Tingye about his salt tax assignment, but has been left to wait. What? That is unacceptable. He is expressing his anger in the company of the empress with a bunch of servants in the background. And this conversation she, uh, that he has with her is quite technical. What do I mean by technical? I mean, it is rather planned in its contents. First, the emperor doesn't hide his fury about why he is upset with Gu Tingye that I just touched on. He feels like he's in second place. Then the empress responds with why Gu Tingye is valuable. So then the emperor explains some of the issues happening along the border, which requires Gu Tingye's expertise. So the emperor says he'll let Gu Tingye's actions slide for now because Gu Tingye is useful. And then... The Empress monologues that the Emperor has been suffering from a lot of headaches lately, which can't be diagnosed properly and was not an issue in the past. He should rest. This causes the Emperor to flare up again in anger. He states that because he doesn't have much time, he needs to get rid of the Empress Dowager, who is his main obstacle. Shortly after, the concubine Liu Guifei shows up and the Empress is dismissed, as she has angered the Emperor. The technical components of this conversation is that for someone who is overhearing, the key points are this. One, the emperor is furious with Gu Tingye for his rude and arrogant behavior, but is not going to touch him just yet because he's still useful. And two, the emperor is currently suffering from headaches and therefore must act quickly to defeat the emperor's dowager. Something about his health does not sound good. A lot of this seems quite contrived because... For the emperor to be so upset that Gu Tingye did not come into the palace to talk to him, even though his wife just gave birth and gave birth in the midst of a fire, like anybody who heard that would be more understanding, thinking, oh, you know what? He should stay home. The fact that the emperor is so cold hearted in, mm, let's just say, under in his understanding of Gu Tingye's wish to stay at home is, I think for me, a little overdone and does signal to me that there's something a little off about this right now. However, it does seem that Gu Tingye needs to watch his back because the emperor is already placing a target there. Back at the Cheng Gardens, Man Qin has come to have a standoff with Gu Tingye. She shows up screaming that Gu Tingye as a court official has started fires and that she is going to the emperor to report him, blah, blah, blah. At a certain point, he's had enough and slammed the table. He point blank tells her that he killed Aunt Kang who tried to kill Minglan and their son. To this, Madame Qin is utterly shocked. Aunt Kang is of the noble class how could he just straight up kill her? He simply tells her to think of how she is going to explain this to the Wang family and leaves. She, on the other hand, collapses. Why is this a problem for Madame Qin? 
Why was she so shocked? It's quite simple and something that Grandma Wong figures out quite easily. The fact that Aunt Kong died on Gu property means that Madame Tin must have known of her existence and presence. Madame Tin will not be able to escape connection with Aunt Kong no matter what is said. She has to come up with a plan of how to garner support now that Aunt Kong is dead. Gu Tingye completely messed up with her plans because she originally thought that tonight Milan was going to die. But with Gu Tingye's return and the fact that she or he killed Aunt Kong, now her plans have been completely messed up and she needs to rethink her next steps. So we see that Madame Tin has Aunt Kong placed in the coffin and she, Madame Tin, cries crocodile tears all the way to the Wang family residence with the coffin in tow. There, she tries to place all the blame onto Gu Tingye and tries to egg the Wang family into action. She almost succeeds with the, I guess, Similarly gullible Uncle Wang, but the matriarch, Grandma Wang, shows up and simply tells Madame Tin to leave. Madame Tin tries to rile them up again and screams that she is not afraid of Gu Tingye's power, but walks away and realizes that she probably cannot rely on the Wang family for support. If that's the case, she tells her maid to round up the other family relatives, so the fourth uncle and the fifth uncle of the Gu household and their wives for a family gathering. What's really interesting right now is that both the Wang family and the other Gu family relatives have kind of seen through Madame Tin's whole facade. On the Wang family side, Grandma Wang, after sending Madame Tin off, easily deduced that Madame Tin was using Aunt Kong as her sword to do work that she did not want to do. Like I mentioned earlier, if Madame Tin was really there to help Aunt Kong, the moment that Aunt Kong escaped the Sheng household, Madame Tin would have or should have told the Wang family where Aunt Kong was. It's not a secret that the Wang family was looking for Aunt Kong, so why would Madame Tin not tell them? It's because Madame Tin needed Aunt Kong to do something for her, and that something was to kill Ming Lan. The aftermath would have been that Aunt Kong is the main culprit, and she would take the downfall for a result that Madame Tin wants. Therefore, Grandma Wang is appreciative of the fact that Madame Tin brought Aunt Kong's body back, but is under no delusions of the fact that Madame Tin probably played a hand in uh, Aunt Kong's death. So now we have Grandma Wong thinking about what she will do in order to enact revenge on her daughter's death. Madame Tin tries to see if she can get any more support from the Gu family side, and so she has a get-together or a gathering with the fourth uncle and his wife, and the fifth uncle and his wife. We haven't seen them in a while. The fourth uncle and his wife have beef with Gu Ting Ye because their son Gu Ting Bing was sent off to exile. 
The fifth uncle and his wife don't have so many qualms with Gu Tingye because their son is fine. And after a discussion, it's quite clear that if Gu Tingye was, I guess, put in his place or defeated, then the glory and wealth and riches and power of the Gu family would also deteriorate, meaning their own standards of living would deteriorate as well. Therefore, they are also rather unwilling to go up against Gu Tingye at this critical juncture. Episode 67 ends with Madame Tin rather worried about her next steps. She is not getting any support within the Gu family thus far, and she is accurate in deducing that once the Wang family thinks about it a little bit more in recognizing exactly what she did to push Aunt Kong into many of her actions, then they might actually come back to uh, fight with her. So she really needs to plan her next steps carefully. And with that, we end the episode recap. history. There were two interesting things that I want to chat about today. First is the fact that Ming Lan, when she is giving birth, is standing up. I don't think I've ever seen this in any drama, so it was quite odd for this to, the scene to play out the way it did. Apparently, during that time, it was not uncommon for pregnant women to choose to stand as a way to give birth. There was a 10 important points of childbirth, or something called Shi Chan Lun, published by a guy named Yang Zijian during the Northern Song Dynasty, so actually right about when, uh, where we are in this drama, that recounts the various methods of childbirth. It does include the method for women to perform childbirth standing up, so this is factually correct. A woman would stand behind the pregnant woman to help stabilize her and another to basically catch the child. What I've read is that uh, it's to help, especially when you're uh, in labor early, to kind of eliminate some of the stress of childbirth while on your back. And it is advised to try this when your child may be born a little bit early. In any case, very interesting and odd directorial choice. Um, I'm not sure medically right now if it is sound. So if there's any doctors, please let me know. But it is something that has historical uh, reference. Something else I wanted to point out is the new, I guess, headpiece that Ming Lan wears after giving childbirth. We saw Zhang Danyangzi, so uh, Ming Lan's close friend, wear this as well after she gave birth a few episodes earlier. This headband is called a mo The main purpose of this headband is to protect the new mother from suffering head 
colds and to avoid sweating too much. So I guess part of it is actually to me like a, a headband when I'm working out, right? Um, something to catch a lot, a lot of the sweat when you're working out. The idea, according to Chinese medicine, is that the new mother will be protected from illness and or being left with some permanent health issues with the help of wearing this mo headband. A lot of these are more cultural habits uh, that are passed down today. Outside of wearing this mo, other things that uh, new mothers have to worry about or just focus on is not drinking cold water. And during Imperial China, women didn't bathe for a whole month. It's basically the same concept of not wanting to endanger the woman in catching a cold after childbirth. You could wash with a hot towel, but not take a bath. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, giving birth back in the day was certainly a scary uh, task. So I can see why Chinese medicine tries to do all of these things to protect the woman, but uh, I, I don't know how medically sound a lot of that is today. And okay, to round out today's episode, we are going to bring up just a key book difference. The primary difference, because right now the drama and the book will diverge vastly. What's interesting in the book is that Hong Kong pretty much doesn't have a big presence after being sent to the palace prison because she just remains there for the rest of her life. There's not much more mention about this woman in the book. She definitely doesn't sneak back to the cool manor, nor does she try to attempt to kill Minglan. And she is ultimately not killed by Gu Tingye. Someone does attempt to kill Minglan during her first pregnancy, and that is Man Yang, Gu Tingye's concubine, who we have not seen in a long, long time. But in that instance, Gu Tingye also successfully staves her off. So the person trying to harm Minglan in the drama versus the book is very different. And that is the end of the character of Aunt Kang. We must give a round of applause again for the actress Zhang Yanyan, who did a phenomenal job in presenting us with such a despicable character that you are probably, or I am, cheering the fact that she is finally, finally gone. I do feel bad for the actress because apparently, uh, in some of the interviews I've seen with her, people have such a close association with her and Aunt Kong that people are oftentimes afraid of her or may not want to be as close to her uh, just because of this character. So I think it is a testament of how good an actress she is for this role. That being said, I'm very glad we will no longer see Aunt Kong in the drama anymore. And that is it for today's podcast episode. Hope you all enjoyed listening to this discussion. If you are interested in watching Chinese dramas and you are in the States, please check out our sponsor, Jubao TV, which has a selection of Chinese dramas and movies on their streaming platforms for you to enjoy, all with English subtitles. To access Jubao TV on your computer, you can just head on over to XUMO or Zumo, which is the streaming platform online, or else if you're watching it on TV, check out Xfinity and Cox Contour. 
The music you heard today is the zither piece called Lan with sheet music by Bingjie Wu Niujun and played by yours truly. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.